Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome in, Loons fans, to week two of Loon Talk 2021. My name is Jonathan Harrison. I am joined by Dan Terhar. We are the radio voices for Minnesota United broadcasts. And this is Loon Talk, Score North's Minnesota United podcast. We talk all things Loons here. You can hear this podcast anywhere you find your podcasts. And now starting this week, over on YouTube, you can watch the show if you want to see our radio faces. Dan, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Why would they want to see our faces? That's just weird. I have no idea, but... There's a reason we're on radio. The the big wigs over at Score North decided, let's put these guys on camera. Well, it's radio guys promoting radio guys. So there you go. (laughs) There you got it. (laughs) So people can clearly see why we're not the TV crew, I guess. No, no, not enough makeup going on here. Nah, I'm not a big fan of makeup. I don't know how you did it so many years with the wild. It's gross. (laughs) (laughs) um so i guess we'll just jump right into this it's uh not a fun game to review here um yeah loons lose this week two to one to rsl in their home opener they are one of two teams in the league that are zero and two on this season zero wins two losses no draws uh dan before we dive deep into this one what's your thoughts on overall on a disappointing second week of the season for Minnesota United? Well, you know, I guess if you're looking for positives, um, I thought they had a they had a better 90 minutes than they did in Seattle because in Seattle, the second 45 was terrible. And I don't think they played terrible. It's just the problem we've been talking about for quite some time is that lack of any consistent scoring. And, you know, the funny thing is they scored goals in the preseason and uh, the regular season starts, and and they're they're again back to where we were, struggling to to score goals. And I think some of those problems will will work themselves out as we go along. But the alarming part for me is not that they're struggling to score goals, because I think when you look at what they're doing up front, probably not surprising. The alarming part for me is the fact the defense is struggling. Yeah, and, and you know you can say they're missing pieces, but. You know, they've got three three of the four starting pieces. It's just that other center back that has been two different players and neither one has fared well. And that surprises me because if I'm going to play center back somewhere and I know I'm not very good, which I'm not, I'd say put me with Michael Boxel. If anybody can make me look good, it's him. Yeah. And that hasn't worked for Ritala or for um, for Brent Coleman. So that's what surprises me and concerns me the most right now. Yeah, I think I noticed this a little bit in this game uh, just because we were able to watch it live in person instead of off a monitor like it was on week one. Ritala looked a little bit slow. Now, whether that's just because it's his first full 90 minutes of the season or not, it surprised me how slow he looked compared to some of the speed out there that RSL had. Now, RSL did come in with a ton of speed, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But that kind of shocked me a little bit at how slow he looked a little bit at times. But yeah, overall the defense has been has left a lot of questions, and we'll get that we'll get to that in just a moment. But let's start with this game. Let's just start diving in here. Minnesota really did dominate for the first thirty minutes, and then they were really caught out in the thirty-first minute. And RSL scored on a fast break. The first goal, that first goal by Anderson Julio. Uh, really started because Romain Metinier stepped up to take a shot on a clearance ball off a corner, and the ball 
bounced off of Marcelo Silva and landed perfectly at the feet of Anderson Julio, who was able to just power up field and cause a lot of trouble towards or cause a lot of trouble with the lone loon that was back, and that was Will Trapp. Yeah, Will Will didn't have much of a chance back there. And yeah, uh, Julio can run, man. We saw that a couple of times. And, you know, it's one of those situations where Roman Metinair, you want – I'm sure he looks back and says, yeah, that was a bad decision. Yeah. But if he gets the shot through and he creates an opportunity, then it's not a bad decision. So hindsight in this case uh, doesn't play well for Roman Metinair, but uh, he makes – you know, 99% of his decisions are pretty smart, pretty spot on. So I can't blame him for that. He thought he had an opening. He thought he could put the ball into the box and make something happen. And it was just a bad bounce for Minnesota, very fortunate bounce for Real Salt Lake. And then you got the speed factor. Uh, we knew this this kid, uh, Anderson Julio, we'd heard about his speed. And, you know, on two of the three goals, we really saw his speed. And even someone that runs as well as Roman Metadair – isn't going to make up ground on a kid like that. Yeah, we mentioned it during the halftime show that Roman's the the way Anderson Julio and RSL were playing that game, Roman would have to stay back in that second half. And for the most part, it did seem like they were holding him a little bit further back, but he was still getting forward just because that's how this system plays. That's how Adrian wants to play with his fullbacks getting forward. Um, the immediate response, we did also mention this during the broadcast, the immediate response to letting in that first goal was a, was markedly better than it was in Seattle when they let in that first goal to Jao Paulo in that they had an immediate chance. I think it was Jan Gregish had had the shot almost immediately coming off the kickoff, and the ball just goes out wide. Yeah, and, and that's frustrating. I know a lot of the fans are frustrated with that too, is you know put the ball on the goal. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, whether it's Robin Lode, um, Finlay, Reynoso, Dotson, you know, Agudela, everybody was shooting just wide. It seemed like everything was wide right, just a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit. It's like at some point, make the goaltender make some saves. Right. Um, and that was a little frustrating too. But, yeah, their reaction in Seattle, you could feel it. It was just, oh, my God, we threw everything at these guys, and now we're trailing 1-0. This was almost like, really, that's what happened? It almost like it made them a little more determined because it was just horrible bounce, and they capitalized. And so, yeah, I didn't see that letdown. I thought they continued to play really well even after that that first goal. And the second goal came, what, 10 minutes after the yeah, first goal? And it was Anderson Julio once again. But this time, it was just – it started off a poor back pass by Chase Gasper. And these things happen sometimes. You don't want them to happen, but they do. Chase is trying to pass it back to Dane St. Clair. Doesn't get enough pace on the ball. It ends up well short of Dane. So Rubio Rubin pounces on it, and Dane St. Clair comes out to close down the angle for Rubin to score, but that also leaves a wide-open net behind him. And who else but Anderson Julio is charging forward, and Rubin just was able to make the simple pass to him for the tap-in, and that's how RSL go into halftime up 2-0. And he's in that position because of his speed. That's why he is wide yeah. open all alone. It looked for a moment when that ball went back from Chase Gasper to Dane St. Clair, like Dane was thought about for a moment attacking the ball, mm -hmm. and then he made the decision to pull back. And, you know, again, it's hindsight, but it makes me wonder if he could have gotten there uh, at the same time and maybe broke that play up. But, again, you know, you look back on plays like that and you go, well, you know, the kid makes pretty good decisions, so yeah. you know if he didn't think he could get there, he probably couldn't get there. But it would have been close, I think. 
The opening of the second half was definitely encouraging. They had a number of chances basically right out the gate. They were yeah. they were high pressing. They were coming out the gates trying to get a goal to get back into that game, and they just couldn't do it. As was the story in Seattle, this was the same story on Saturday night. Loons have a ton of chances. They just weren't capitalizing on them. Yeah, and this problem goes back quite a ways for this club. Yeah. And you this know, is the story for much of the season last year. Yeah, they found ways around it last season, mm-hmm. um, but you knew it had to be addressed, and it has been addressed. Um, you know, Agadello doesn't seem like the answer. I don't think you want to put Robin Lude back up there because he plays so well on that right wing. Yeah. So, you know, they've got players available, hopefully at least one of them, uh, this coming Saturday. And, you know, we don't need the best striker in the world. We just need a good striker. <laughs> Someone who's going to cause some trouble up there. And we'll get to the new striker in just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. because with a kid with the talent of Emmanuel Reynoso uh, playing behind you, I think just a good striker can have great games and great moments and maybe a great season. Yeah. But we've got to have somebody. And, and, you know, hopefully that's in the the works sooner than later. Well, we know about Adrian Huno. He's going to be – he's the new designated player. We'll get to him after we get done. Reviewing this game. The broadcaster's um, dream. Yeah. Uno. Who knew? Uno. Uno. <laughs> so then the, 85th, then the 85th minute comes around, and the Loons finally get their first goal of the season. And as I went back and rewatched it, there was four, three or four pretty good touches and passes yeah. on this play. Reynoso's through ball to Dotson was well-paced for Hassani to run onto. It didn't go out of bounds, gave Hassani just enough space to be able to cross it. Hassani's cross alone going around one of the RSL defenders and landing perfectly at the feet of Robin Lode was great. Lode's first touch was shaky. It bounced up and Justin McMaster's speed was able to get back and basically one touch it back to Robin Lode who bends it right around David Ochoa for the Loons' first goal of the season. Yeah, it was a nice goal. And, um, you know, you mentioned Asani Dotson. And I, all I can keep thinking is find this kid's a, his kid a position. Yeah. Because wherever you've put him and given him a chance to shine, he's done very well. Um, he's not as fast as some players up front, but he's aggressive. He's skilled. Uh, he made a nice play to set up that goal. Uh, McMaster, we don't know much about um, the draft pick. And he made a great touch. And Robin Lode has proved that, you know, when he's not in the number nine, when he's not in the number nine spot, he can score goals because Absolutely, he's yeah. And the pressure's not on. And you're, you're able to, Coming off that that wing spot, you're able to pick and choose your spots and create your own space and find your own space. When you're a number nine, it's a little different. You know, there's nothing in front of you because you have to stay on side. So, and they're always backing you down. You've always got a guy trying to force you from behind. So it's it's good spot for him. But um, yeah, it was a nice goal. Uh, Very deserving for the way Robin has played last season and the start of this season. So. Um, let's hope that there is no reason to take him off that right wing for a while. And that goal leads to the David Ochoa show, as we're going to call it now. And as everybody is discussing, has been discussing since Saturday night, um, David Ochoa makes a meal of Chase Gasper trying to get the ball back and lays on the ground like Chase had just done serious physical harm to his hip. And it just goes on for the next, what, 10 minutes. It was like three times he did that. Now, the first time it looked like there was some decent contact. And I was a little surprised there wasn't a a call. But then the second time, and was there a third time too? 
he, he there he was no contact and he was flopping around like a sunfish yeah. on a hot dock. So, <laughs> and, you know, we all accept that's part of the game. That's mm-hmm. part of soccer. I get it. I get it. But, um, yeah, you know what? I got to tell you, I don't know how good he is. According to some sources, he's not very good. Um, <laughs> but I I don't know how good he is. Um, but even if you're the number one goaltender for Team USA, what does that make you about the 100th best goaltender in the world? In the past, it's make you, made you one of the best because that's basically been the one position for the but past I'm 20 saying, years that saying, the U.S. has been able to produce. I'm just saying, you know what? Soccer is a world, it's a global sport. Mm-hmm. And to come out and have that kind of an attitude and to be that cocky before you've really done anything. Yeah. How you, you're just, you're not doing yourself any favors. No. And, and the people on the world stage see something like that and they go, who is this clown? Right. You know? So that's just a quote, you know, <laughs> <Clown>. <laughs> great yeah. quote. Yeah, yeah. So, you know what? He's not doing himself any favors and this yeah. is all karma and, It'll come back to haunt him, and yeah. I just, you know what? That's fine. He got a win. He was fired up. But when your own, I guess, would you call Hassani Dotson his teammate because they were both yeah. on the uh, men's U23 team together. When your own teammate comes out and confronts you and says, come on, man, you know, I don't think he said it quite like that. But <laughs> um, it got pretty heated, and, you know, if that's what that kid wants, that's fine. Um it's just not classy. Adrian lost his cool. You know, things didn't really settle down till uh, Michael Boxel got involved. And then I wonder of, why people kind of dispersed a little bit. It was like, all right, let's not go too far yeah. with this. Yeah. The Hassani thing is the thing that I noted out of that. We were watching, obviously we were watching it live mm-hmm. in person. And the first person who goes up to him in the big old scrum is Hassani Dotson, his form, his yeah. basically teammate for the last month. And he's the one who gets in his face about it. And I think that's huge because as you mentioned, they were, they bet they basically just spent the past month as teammates on Mm -hmm. the USU 23 teams, the team that basically, or that did lose to Honduras and failed to qualify for the Olympics for, I think the third time in a row, which is really shocking for the U S they want to qualify for that tournament. And Hassani's the one who goes up to the, the goalkeeper of the team that gets a lot of the blame for that Honduras loss. Well, yeah, you're, you're, that's what I was, the point I was trying to make earlier was you're, you're the goaltender on a team that can't qualify for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. S- slow your roll down a little bit. Right. I mean, come right. on. I mean, if apparently he, maybe he didn't get the word that, you know, losing to Honduras knocked him out of the, out of the uh, <laughs> chance to play in the Olympics. Someone should tell him because he's playing like a guy that, that, is, you know, and I get it. Confidence is huge. Dane St. Clair's a confident goaltender, but, but, you know, he's not a jerk. No. And there's there's been a lot of talk that Loon's fans and people associated with the team are taking this a little too seriously. But, I mean, you can be – I'm okay with confidence. I'm okay with the cockiness. But when you start kicking the ball into the Wonderwall or any fan section, when you start taking it to the fans, that's when you go a little bit too far for me. Yeah, what, what if what if uh, Dane Sinclair had done that in Seattle? Right. You what if he does a huge reaction from that side? Yeah. What if he does yeah, this? Absolutely. Say, say he gets a shutout in, in Utah when mm-hmm. the reverse fixture happen, happens. Does he kick the ball into the stands? I don't think so because that's not Dane's, that's not Dane's game. He doesn't do that. But if he yeah. does that there, then we just call it entertainment. <laughs> but no, I, 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 I'm not a fan of a goal of my goalkeeper doing that. I, I like Keep the fans out of it. 
Keep it I to like the teams. You're, you're great athletes. You're great soccer players. Have got to be confident. I just don't like. I just don't like misplaced arrogance because right. it, it. You know what? There's this thing called karma, and it'll come around. And you know, uh, we'll get to our picks later. I think he's going to get instant karma. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just my thing is keep it. Keep it between the players. Don't like the fans are going to heckle you. That's part of sports that's going to happen. But as soon as you start kicking the ball into the stands and doing that, that's when you lose me. He he was flopping around, and I realized something at some point that when he was warming up earlier, he was warming up in the same place that Ibsen used to warm up. <laughs> so I think I think he got some aura left over from – no, wait, Ibsen never played in this stadium, did he? No, not this one. Uh, you just never, miss Ibsen. Never mind. Uh, you and a – you just I, I liked him. You know why? He had, he was confident and he had flair and he was dramatic, but he wasn't a jerk. Right. <laughs> that you know does help. He, he was a likable. He was a likable ass, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get to the things that we learned from this uh, 2-1 defeat. Uh, one of the things that I that I learned is that Adrian Uno cannot start soon enough. We need <laughs> this team needs a bona fide striker, one that's going to cause a lot of problems, that's going to take a lot of the attention of the defense. I this team can't get that designated player soon enough. Well, it's going to take it's going to create more space for um Emmanuel Reynoso because mm-hmm. they're playing stacked one on top of each other and right now when it was Robin Lode and it was uh, Agudelo they, let's face it, they were focusing on where Reynoso was, and, and they could mm-hmm. do that because the other two guys just aren't guys that are going to beat you from that position. We need a guy that they can have to worry about, that they have to be concerned about. It's been a long time since we've had someone there like that. Yeah. And if he's the guy, fine. You know, I don't know who's going to be available for for uh, this week's match uh, at home, but, man, I hope, uh, I hope somebody is. The thing I noticed with – with uh, Aguadelo this week, and it's the same with Load. When we've seen Load up top, is that they do tend to drop back a little bit deeper than I guess a striker normally would. I saw Aguadelo a lot of times dropping back alongside or even further back than Reynoso. And with a guy like Reynoso who wants to pass it forward and try those those dangerous passes at times, you need a guy who's going to stay at the front and try and attack the front. And I know Adrian wants his guys to also defend and not have to carry anybody, but also having a guy stay forward and attack the defense, cause those center backs to question where they should go. You really need that. And I can't wait for, you know, a designated player striker to get in there and somebody, do that. Somebody please. Right. Um, yeah. And I don't know if he was just trying to find more space and try and give them a different look by, by right. dropping back and then coming in, you know, but it didn't work. So, right. You know. um, another thing, that I met, that I noticed during the game, Ethan Finley, he got the start out on the left-hand side. That pairing with him and Chase didn't seem to work well. Um, yeah, it wasn't as effective. Maybe, yeah. maybe because their playing style is a little similar. They both, you know, they both play very aggressively. They both play with a lot of passion. They both, you know, there are probably more skilled players in both of their positions. Right. But what they don't have in skill they make up for with their uh, with their tenacity and and playing you know aggressive all the time and so yeah you know what and there's you know there's got to be chemistry in soccer we know that and mm-hmm. and I guess I wouldn't write Ethan off on that left side no, right away no no that's not what I'm doing 
but I would say that it's to be determined how well those two can hook up. And, you know, Chase has played okay, but he's had his moments too. Um, That back, you know, the back four, there's been a few communication errors where you go, you know, you kind of catch your breath a little bit. And, um, but that's always, that's always going to be Chase Gasper. Mm -hmm. He's going to, um, overplay things a little bit aggressively, but then he's always going to be the first guy back to cover up for it. So, you know, he's always going to be that way. If you're looking for, you know, a guy that's just going to sit back and and make you feel safe because he's there, he's not the guy. That's not the way he plays. So, And that's not the way this system's set up to play. No, no, and you got to love him for what he is. Um, That's why I always always hate to to pick on the the outside defensive backs when they don't get back in time because in this offense – in this formation, they're expected to be a huge part of the yeah. offense, and they can't be both places at once. Now, right. Romain Metinier runs about 75 miles every match and doesn't seem to get tired. He's amazing. Yeah. But they're going to get out of position when they play this way. It's all yeah. there is to it. I think just with me, with what I, what I saw on Saturday, was that Finley wanted to cut in a little bit more and leave a lot of space for Chase to run into, and that's just mm-hmm. never – Chase has never been the one to get as far forward as Roman has. Mm-hmm. Just because Chase, obviously, as we mentioned, he doesn't have the same kind of speed that Roman has. So he's it's going to take a little bit longer for him to get back. And that that's always been his main, one of his first focuses is defense. And right. I just, I don't think Chase was as comfortable getting forward as forward as Finley wanted him to. So there's a whole lot of space on that left-hand side that was left open quite a bit. Um, yeah, there was. There was. I, I think that's something that I'm sure that, they will address this week and yeah. make some adjustments because I don't see any uh, formation changes for Adrian coming into uh, this Saturday's match. So, yeah, they'll have to look at that and, and decide whether it's going to be Ethan playing a little bit different or Chase playing a little bit. There needs to be a little adjustment so those two can mesh better. Yeah, and that that pairing will, if the more games they get, the better it will get. We saw that with Ethan and Roman. The more games they got, the better, the better yeah. that pairing and the better they started to play off each other. As I mentioned the need, the absolute need for a striker and Adrian Ono can't getting, can't starting soon enough. Uh, Bakai Dabasi, he can't start soon enough. Yeah. For some reason, um, you know, they haven't found a guy that can, uh, Ritala wasn't the answer and Coleman had a bad uh, match back there. Mm-hmm. And again, as I said at the beginning of the, uh, the podcast, that surprises me because usually you're the guy you put back there with, um, Michael Boxel is going to get the best chance of looking good because Michael is a good communicator. He's very solid at what he does. Mm-hmm. He's not going to leave you out, hang out to dry. Um, so that surprised me a little bit. But, you know, it's a really small test sample. Maybe we didn't give Debaki Debase enough credit for what he did last year. Maybe we gave maybe we gave too much credit to Boxy and maybe <laughs> maybe Debasi really is that much better than what we've seen so far back there. I mean it's probably a little bit of both really. Yeah, it'll be good to see him back whenever he comes back. Obviously if it's an injury, you don't want to rush it this early in the season. And despite all the negative talk so far, there is no panic here. It's only two games of a long <laughs> season. It's a, it's a lot of media. I saw a social media post today that someone said, don't they lose all the time? Thought, <laughs> Didn't they get to the conference final last year? Right. <laughs> I guess, I guess not. I, I guess we quickly yeah. forgot about what happened in December. Listen, listen, it's a frustrating, it's frustrating to go 0-2, but there's no reason to think that this team isn't going to get it figured out. Yeah. Um, you know, 
you just got to be a little bit patient. So, uh, the last question I had from this match: This is the second week in a row out of just two se- uh, two weeks um, that we've seen Jan Gregish and Will Trapp start in the midfield. Is that the number one midfield going forward? And if so, where is Hassani getting minutes? Because you need to get him minutes because of how promising he is. He's not going to want to sit on the bench a whole lot and come off the bench. He's going to want his minutes. He And you've got to get him his minutes because he's a valuable player to this club. And that's why I said earlier, I just want them to find him a position so he can focus on that. Because I think wherever you put him, whatever that position is that you call him to do, he's going to do it well. Um, Jan, Jan is one of those guys that – about the time you think you really are starting to understand his game, then he changes a little bit. And, you know, he's not afraid. He's not afraid to put the ball on. He's not afraid to shoot. He misses a lot. Um, and Will Trapp has looked good. Mm-hmm. But we kind of got spoiled. A, a healthy Ozzy Alonzo is so good back there yeah. that it's hard to compare other people. So, no, I don't think that, I don't think that pairing is etched in stone. Um, I think that, you know, if they don't perform and they don't get the job done, there's other people like Hassani, there's other people, uh, that could play there. Yeah. Um, but Will Trap, you know, playing that position, you really don't notice it that much unless they screw up yeah. because it is almost, it is really a defender position. Mm-hmm. But I just saw, because of the way Ozzy played it the past couple yeah, of years, yes. there's a lot of focus on the defense in that position. Right. So it's hard to it's hard to judge someone like that because they aren't going to be involved in the offense very much. They're, it's going to be when they don't make plays in the middle third or defensively that you will notice. Um, can't forget that we haven't seen uh, Nico Hansen yet either. Yeah, true. So there, I mean, you know, like I said, it's so frustrating to lose the first two, particularly the one this past week to a club that you feel you should be able to beat. Um, But, you know, things are going to look a lot different here in the next few weeks. So then any final notes before we move on to our around the league portion of this show, any final notes off the two, one loss to RSL on Saturday night? No, just that it was, it was amazing to have fans back in the building and the, what was it? Four or 5,000, whatever it was that were there. They made plenty of noise. They made it fun again. Um, so yeah, that was great, and um, let's just keep going in that direction. And you know, they're going to get their wins at home. This is not going to be an easy place all of a sudden for people to come in and win. Um, these guys take a lot of pride in playing at home, and, and I think that'll show uh, this this coming Saturday night. So then, now let's move on to around the league. It's a segment that we have in our pregame show. We are our, yeah pregame show. We are. Bring it here to Loon Talk as we look across the rest of the MLS's weekend. Uh, 44 goals in 13 games, which is way up from last week, means about 3.38 goals per game across the league. Teams were scoring for fun this weekend. There was no nil-nil games at all this weekend. Not one. Usually there's one or two. Or, yeah. um, and I don't know. Again, it's, it's such a small sample size. I don't know that you can read much into that other than – I think every year we talk about how um, Minnesota in their fifth season now has their roster has definitely gotten better, more Mm -hmm. skilled every year. Well, the league in a whole has because you're seeing more and more players coming back. You know, at first it used to be it was just guys at the end of their career come over 
experience the United States, experience making American money. And, and now, but now you're getting more and more players coming over that are very young mm-hmm. and talented and skilled. And so the league gets better every year. So, you know, you bring in more skilled, talented goal scorers and you're going to get more goals. And, and mm-hmm. I think that's, we're seeing part of that right away early this season. Uh, more goals in L.A. as L.A. Galaxy get a 3-2 win against the New York Red Bulls. I know a lot of um, MLS fans that aren't Galaxy fans won't want to hear this. My <laughs> opinion of the Galaxy, just as someone who's also worked with non-soccer fans, Galaxy are basically, in this league, equivalent to the Lakers, the Cowboys, um, who else, the Yankees. If they If those three teams are better in their leagues... They're going to get more viewers just because name recognition alone. I think the same goes across to the Galaxy, and that's only multiplied because Chicharito is there, and he's now scoring goals for fun. He's got five goals in two games. He scored a hat trick this weekend. Chicharito being Mexico's all-time leading goal scorer, being their most marketable star, that is huge for an L.A. audience that is... That has a lot of Mexican American influence. If you can start digging into that Liga MX audience, TV audience, which Liga MX in this country is still the most watched league, the most watched soccer league in this country. If you can start digging into that by show- showcasing Chicharito scoring goals for fun in MLS, you can start showcasing that the rest of this league is also better, and you can start yeah. kind of digging into that Liga MX audience. And and that's nothing new. You know, Beckham came yeah. over here and played. I'm old enough to remember when Pele came over here and finished out his playing days. And Giorgio Canalia uh, played for the New York Cosmos for a now while. Now you're talking NASL days. Yes. And so that was it was happening then. Yeah. But that's what it was then, was you got players at the end of their career looking for a spark, looking for to have some fun. Like you said about Chicharria, this is just let's have some fun, score some goals. But now you're getting younger players and better players, and the league itself is getting better every year. Now it's got a long ways to go, you know, before we're a league that can compete on the international stage, obviously. But it's getting better, and yeah, the excitement in LA when a player like that comes in, um, yeah, it's what this league needs. That you have to have that because it will uh, it will boost ratings and it will give the league more attention. And that's doesn't matter if you're the NFL or the uh, MLS. You need that, and, and that's, a, that's a good thing. Whether you want the Galaxy to win or not, I personally don't. But it's <laughs> yeah. good for the league yeah. to have a, a someone come out of Mexico with that much talent and and score goals. So it's a good yeah. thing. I'm not a big fan of the Galaxy winning all the time, but if the league, you know, if the league needs them to be good to draw an audience that's really good for a league that's coming up on a new TV deal here in the next couple of years. So obviously they would want them to be good and at their best. And with Chicharito, that can only mean good things for a league. That's, as I said, coming up on a new TV deal here shortly. Um, What do you take of the galaxy being the only team with two wins in the league? And as I mentioned earlier, the loons and the red bulls being the only two teams in the league with two losses, anything from those two quick sets? Nah, it's too early. Too early, yeah. Too soon yeah, because you know, uh, two weeks from now uh, we can look and Minnesota has won two more, and Galaxy may have lost one or two. So nah, it's just too soon to look at the uh, the table as they call it in the Premier League, uh, the standings here in the good old USA. Um, it's too soon. If you're looking yeah. at that now, it's going to be a long summer. Right, it really is. 
let's let this thing open up for at least half a dozen uh, matches. And then you at least can get some idea of what, where things are heading. Yeah. Um, so next up for the loons is Austin FC, the newest team in the league. Uh, they come in this season as the 27th of 27 MLS teams. Um, that pre-match show next or this Saturday starts 6.30 p.m. kickoff at 7.08 p.m. You can hear us on Score North on AM 1500, the Score North mobile app. And this week, we will be on Sirius XM FC channel 157 as well. So we will be broadcasting nationally as well. Cool. So you can hear us wherever you want to. Um, with Austin FC become or comes the obvious headline of Matthew McConaughey being one of their owners. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> is there a logo? Is there a logo of tree? Yeah. Yep. Right. I, trees, don't, trees, I didn't don't re- trees don't move very fast, but they're solid. <laughs> They won three. Yeah, I think that's the part of it is the roots growing. That's Strong roots in Austin. Um, Slow like a tree. Okay. (laughs) They won three to one this weekend against Colorado. But the main thing I want to I want to dive into with Austin FC is Matthew McConaughey being in their owner being their owner. We're gonna have Phil Mackey join us, but he ran into some scheduling issues, so he couldn't join us to give us Matthew McConaughey's top five uh, rom coms because Phil's a huge rom com guy. So. He did want to pass along that his best movie, that Matthew McConaughey's best movie overall, not just rom-coms, overall, is How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Oh, man. You know, when I was still, looking, I was still loaded for Phil to give him a hard time. Of, what, what other guy do you know that's a rom-com fan? I'm not a big I, fan, but I'll watch them. They're terrible. They all have oh, a yeah. storyline. They're like those, it, uh, Hallmark holiday movies. They're awful. Whoa. Do not come after Hallmark Holiday movies. I love me Hallmark Holiday movies because they are terrible. That's they the joy have, of watching them. <laughs> they all have the same storyline. Exactly. Same so yeah. they have to come up with different ways to make it more ridiculous. You, and, okay. oh, it is perfect. Now, I, I I find Matthew McConaughey to be a very intriguing celebrity. Okay. he's he's There's nobody like him. You know, when you right. see him in interviews – and he's comes across sometimes really smart. Other times he's just a guy. I don't know. I find it very intriguing. Do you, are there movies of his that you really like? My favorite role of his was when he was, I'm trying to find the movie or the show. It was, uh, ah, hold on. I'm struggling to find it. Not, uh, it's true detective season one, him and Woody Harrelson. Oh, okay. That first season was so good. I forgot about that. That was good. When he plays, see, that's that's here's my deal on Matthew McConaughey is when he plays a serious role. Um, Dallas Buyers Club was, I think, one of his best pieces of work. Mm-hmm. I like him. When he gets into the rom coms, not so much. I don't he know. did a lot of those in the in the two thousands. And I and I can tell you, I, I had jotted down some of his movies that I thought were just were bad. Um, <laughs> Most Let me guess. How to lose a te- How to lose a guy in ten days is on there. Um, I didn't because I put the wedding planner on there instead. <laughs> That's a good one. But it's the same movie. Um, yeah, he did one called Larger Than Life with Bill okay. Murray, starring an elephant. That was a bad movie. Um, Dazed and Confused was bad. Haven't seen it. It's just and bad. I'm willing to say that I know pretty much everybody on planet Earth has seen it. I have unfortunately not seen it. The Wedding Planner, I just thought was terrible. Don't get me wrong. 
I watch rom-coms when my wife picks a movie. <laughs> you know, what I, are your thoughts on uh, his role in Magic Mike? You know, I wanted to put that on there, but that was actually a very entertaining movie. <laughs> it, was. it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, Oscar worthy, no. but it was entertaining. Um, the other one I had then was Surfer Dude. I don't know if anybody saw that but me. I might have been the only one. <laughs> you ever heard of that one? Uh, only by looking up his his IMDb. Yeah, it was as bad as you think. And then the one that <laughs> sounds the pretty bad. List, the top of the list was, and again, I'm embarrassed that I actually stayed it and watched the whole thing. Was Next Generation Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Oh my god, that was terrible. Wow. And I knew it was going to be terrible, but I watched it anyway. It was bad. What it horror movie these days up. is good? It was right up there with the uh, Tremor series with Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Woo! That was good stuff. What is there? Eight of those, I think. Once on once on on the Score North Airways that previously was KSTP AM. Mm-hmm. We had uh, when I was doing. I'll make this quick because we got to talk football and soccer here. But um, when I was doing the show with Barbara Carlson, Babs and the Boys, we had Kevin Bacon on for a guest. No way. It was shortly after the uh, Tremor two or three came out and it was clear that it was bad, but he only came on because Kevin Bacon is, is a wannabe musician. Yeah. And he had a band at the time. And I wish I could remember the name of the band, but I can't. And his handler told us before we went on for the interview that in under no circumstances, bring up tremors. Oh, come on. Cause he wanted to distance himself from that terrible movie. I actually thought it was funny. It was so bad, but so his band's name is the Bacon brothers. The Bacon Brothers, right? So, so this this interview is going very poorly, and he's very, very rude to uh, Barbara Carlson. And if you ever, if anybody remembers the program, the only people that were allowed to be rude to Barbara were the boys. No outsider <laughs> come in. Then, then we protected her. So it went on and on. And uh, Brad Lane, uh, who you know very well from mm-hmm. his days here at uh, fifteen hundred, we're looking at each other and going, "Yeah, this guy's being a real jerk." So finally, I just jumped in. And so. So, Kevin, how come you weren't able to get a spot in Tremors 4? <laughs> and there's this long pause and then click, dial tone, interview. What? Over. Yeah, that was it. We were cut off. Is there still audio of this? I need audio of this. I don't know. That was a long time oh, that's ago. That's amazing. That was a long time ago. He hung up on you because Tremors 4. Interview over. You we weren't allowed <laughs> to bring up Tremors. <laughs> you were hung up on because of Tremors, the movie yeah. Tremors. That's amazing. <laughs> All right, so as we close out today's show, we will introduce a new segment here. It's a segment that if you listen to the other Score North podcasts, Purple Daily and Mackie and Judd, they have it on there as well. It's called Write That Down. Now, we thought of it first. They just did it first. Yeah, right. Write that down. In this segment, we each make three predictions, and if you, the listeners, want to jump in, you can tweet at Dan Terrar or myself. I am at at John Harrison 90 on Twitter. Dan's at at Dan Terhar, D-A-N-T-E-R-H-A-A-R over on Twitter. So if you want to get your your Twitter more than once a month, (laughs) (laughs) they should definitely send it to you. Yeah. Send it to me. Send it to me more. So Uh, you can tweet us over there and send us your write that downs and we'll make sure to uh, track those and we will track them throughout the season and we'll give the proverbial golden boot to whoever gets the most correct predictions throughout the season. So Can we actually get a golden boot, do you think? I don't have the money for that, do you? Phil will okay it. Yeah. We'll budget it in. 
you know what? He's not here. So and he was supposed to be here. So if we vote on it, eyes, eyes, uh, we win. See, I think not easy. There we go. Golden boot. It'll be golden it'll be boot. It is spray painting an old tennis shoe in his garage, but it'll be golden boot. Hey, the the trophy for winning, write that down on Mackie Judd, is an old like farm baseball bat that has been beaten up and used so many times. And I won it one year, and that story is rife with controversy of why I won it. So we can delve into that another time. So you got to give it back at the end of the year. Yep. Oh, yeah. I don't like that. I like to keep my I like to keep my trophies if I had any. Yeah, you didn't you didn't want this trophy because it's from an old farm, so you don't want to know what. what wow. It's, yeah. Yeah, no, it sounds like there's some backstory there for another day. <laughs> I don't know it because it wasn't my farm, so. so we uh, got to so, pick three scores? No, not scores. You can make predictions what? on anything. Anything. <sighs> so okay. the only the only rules here, because this is a, a soccer-related show, they all have to be three. They have to be soccer-related, but one of them has to be loons-related. Yeah, but that's too easy. No. Because it's not scores. It can be anything. Because my first one, so let's let's dive into this. My first one, um, my loons one, one of my two loons ones, the TV broadcast, Callan Kendra. At some point during the TV broadcast of this weekend's Minnesota United-Austin FC game, will feature the phrase, all right, all right, all right. At some point. It can either okay. be a graphic, one of those okay. two saying it, something. One of okay. those, that, that phrase will pop up in their broadcast at some point. Write that down. Okay. Write that down. Okay. That's your first one. Okay. Well, see, I thought we were picking scores. No. So I was taking the easy way out. But if that's the way we're doing it. Mm -hmm. You can do anything. Yeah, but you don't want it to be so easy that, I mean, I could say the Loons will score a goal this week. Well, you could, but that's the cheap way to get goals. Right. No, I don't want to to do it that way. I want to make it it somewhat challenging. I mean, I was going to pick Minnesota to win. I'm just going to say – Going on that thread, I think that we will hear fans singing Wonderwall for the first time in about 600 days. I like it. Um, Our first and only listener prediction of the week comes from listener John B., friend of mine. Johnny B. I asked him for a prediction just so he'd have a couple Mm -hmm. uh, listener predictions. His His is, Loons will be the first MLS team ever to win the CONCACAF Champions League, which is a bold take because, one, they're not in it. This year, there is five MLS teams in the quarterfinals. So yeah. MLS teams have a decent chance of winning it this year mm-hmm. based off numbers alone. But Mexico has won it every single year for the past 20 years. So good luck to them and good luck to him on that prediction. That'll take a couple years to come through. Yeah. All right. So my next prediction, yeah. my second prediction of the night of the season so far, Adrian Uno, the new designated loons striker he will score double digit goals this season for minnesota i thought you meant i thought you meant saturday no okay. so <laughs> he's even here 10 goals. you're saying he'll score at least 10 double digits we these so in the past we have gotten in trouble for being too specific on on things because well now get, we won't know that till the end of the year yeah that's fine they don't have to come through immediately Oh, okay. I thought there's something they had to figure out this week. No. Okay. Okay. All right. Some, well, can, some can come through this week. Some can come through later in the year as John B's uh, prediction. It won't come through until at earliest next season. Man, my head's exploding right now with ideas. Your possibilities. David Ochoa. 
will allow at least three goals this Saturday. Whoa, I like it. Getting some vengeance here. He's a clown. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My final prediction... My final prediction for the week, uh, based off of the Super League fallout that we saw this last week, either Arsenal or Manchester United will be sold at some point within the next year. And that is huge because obviously both those are two big clubs and take a lot of money to move one of those clubs from their current ownership. But both ownerships are not well liked by their fans right now. A year? I don't want to wait a year to see if you're right. I'm not that patient. I at least gave it a deadline here. So it can't just go on in perpetuity. You could grow in a year. No, probably not. That's that's asking a lot. All right. All right. Well, the other one I had, and again, I was thinking we were picking scores, but I can translate those into uh, write that down. Um, Chelsea will shut out Fulham on Saturday. Okay. Write that down. Write that down. I pick them to win 2-0, so it's the same thing. They're going to shut them out. I like it. Next week, I'll be much more creative now that I understand how this game that we stole from somebody else at Score North, how it worked. (laughs) You should have been listening more, I guess. (laughs) So that is Write That Down. If you listeners want in, just make sure to send either Dan or I I a tweet, probably more likely that I'll see it than Dan. (laughs) At John Harrison 90, J O N. H-A-R-R-I-S-O-N-9-0 on Twitter or at Dan Terrar, at D-A-N-T-E-R-H-A-A-R over on Twitter. I should just change that to like DT or something. It's easier. If that's available, that might be taken. Could be. Who knows? Could be. We'll figure it out. We'll send it out. Um, Are we going to at least pick our our predictions for the the Loons game? Oh, yeah, we can do that. Um, I mean, it's just pick it. No. No, yeah, I, I mean, I, do, we, do we both agree that we think that they will get a victory? Yeah, I think that, I mean, Austin did look good against Colorado, but I think Colorado's just based off of, just based off that game against RSL, I think they want to come back and bounce back and get a win here. I'm going to go, what did I go, 3-1 last week. I think they'll get a 2-0 win this week. I, I still am concerned about their defense, so I don't know that they can get a shutout. So I had them giving up one goal to Austin, but I think they will score three times. So we're going to flip-flop. I'll take the 3-1 this time. So You get 3-1? You know for me, 3-0 for 3-1 for you. Yeah, at this point, just get the win. doesn't yeah. matter if it's one to nothing. doesn't matter what it's on. Just get a – right now they just need to get a win so that people can start having fun and sleeping at night. So Yeah, let us hear Wonderwall. For the first time thing. in 600 days. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Get it done. So. All right. Once again, that has been Loon Talk. You can listen to us anywhere you find your podcast. And now we are we are videotaping this. Not videotaping. We're this. We're recording this for YouTube. You can go watch us on YouTube. You can see our mugs over on YouTube for some reason. Make sure if you like what you hear, rate, review, subscribe wherever you find your podcast. That helps us get noticed. That will do it for this week. Jonathan Harrison. Moon related. What are you wearing? Are you wearing something Loon related? Uh, no, I'm wearing yeah. Age of Ultron stuff. So Marvel. T-shirt you've been wearing for a week. Change your clothes, man. <laughs> All right, are we done? We are done. You have a good okay, night, sorry. sir. Interrupted. Thank you, Jonathan. Go Thanks, sir. We'll see you on Saturday. Saturday it is. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher 
And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 smart bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 special edition smart bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.